Hello. Yes, I'm definitely saying you should drink into the microphone. Hello, coffee drinkers. Boom, we are live, just like that. Hello. Do you hear everything? Yeah. You do. That's fantastic. Um, we had quite, we've got so much stuff going on. We have a cover for the book, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Woohoo! Yeah, it's pretty badass. Now, it's the only time a podcast sucks when we can't just hold it up and say, "Hey, here it is." <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure we could release it on the internet. Yeah, maybe that's well, yeah. Okay, cover coming up in the next. What do you want to say? Twenty four hours. Yeah, is that good? We'll it's start done. doing ads. I've already started putting a little bit of content out there. Two five one stuff for the new book. It's. I forgot about the Sibelius thing. It just creeps up on you. <laughs> yep. See, now Chelsea has to go into full Sibelius and InDesign mode to make this all look beautiful. Make my chicken scratch. Eligible. Um, eligible? Guys, not, uh, sorry. I, why do I always say that? I always go for eligible <laughs> rather than legible. Uh-huh. It's eligible bachelor, right? That's the phrase. Or anything else, yeah. Eligible for, I don't know. Student council. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? We uh, um, SpeakPipe, our trusty message service, has been kind of rocking. A bunch of stuff came in. Oh, he's talking about the new you guys can call in and leave a question thing, yeah, and which is awesome. We highly... Speak pipe? Yeah, it's called speak that's pipe. That's what sorry. they... Really? <laughs> yeah. That's what they got? Okay. <laughs> that brainstorming session at that company... Wow. They should have called us, was huh? Was alcohol induced. <laughs> I think you're being too kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, Danny Wares got on the old speak pipe. Dropped us a message. If you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, which some of you might not, uh, go to yannickwasdala.com forward slash podcast and click on the appropriate button and you can leave a voice message and you will be featured in the podcast. Much okay, like, but, but wait, because you're about to click play. Yeah. What? Didn't we already determine yes. that we're doing this at the end of the podcast? He's uh, getting too excited. Uh, He's so excited that there's questions. I like questions. What can I say? You don't want to do questions? Yeah, at the end. Okay. That's why you listen to the end of the podcast, because you want to hear what all the people said. But you uh, want to listen to the good stuff first. Okay. Well, we better come up with some fucking good stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. This is what happens when you just press record without coming up with... But actually, I, I quite I quite like doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have... You know what? I do have something I want to talk about. Something I want to ask you about. Something that Gabriel sent me. Um, we were talking about people who had massive effects on us as musicians. Mm -hmm. So you can already guess who it is for me and Gabriel. But I want, you know, and just how that, like, we met because of this person. Of course, I'm going to reveal who the person is in a second. Gabriel is Gabriel Santiago. Santiago He's a yeah. Brazilian guitar player yeah. who lives in Austin, Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. Background. Sorry. I have to, that's why you're here. See? You balance it out. <laughs> okay. You make me a lot better than I Aww. actually am. Yeah, Cole's joined the party here on the couch. Um, Cole is our dog. Cole is our... Oh, wow. <laughs> background. Do background on everything. Okay, hey, anyway. So. Charlotte. <laughs> That's our cat. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows this. Everyone listens to the podcast already. You know, if there's stuff you don't understand, go back and listen to a few episodes. They're there. They're archived for a reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, Gabriel Santiago, guitar player from Brazil, lives in Texas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Um, 
we we met each other because of Pat Metheny in in a lot of ways, you know, and like we have this common this this <laughs> Charlotte. She doesn't have a last name. She is a black cat. She lives in Burbank with us. Um, Charlotte Stevens, obviously. Wow, soon to be Gwizdala. But are there like, do you have people like that? First of all, that you've bonded over, or you met at a show, or who who would the artist be when you think of that that person for you? Do you want me to say that? Yeah. Well, Yannick doesn't fully trust or agree with my artistic. Uh, choices or appreciations. Hey, this is a free so, country. This podcast is all about free speech. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't fully believe that. Now I'm really scared. So get it out before I change my mind. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, maybe some, some podcasters will, coffee drinkers, will, coffee drinkers. will feel me on this. Okay. So while I was in college, uh, the person that you could kind of litmus test if someone was cool. Uh, oh, okay. I hung out with a lot of jazz vocalists in my tenure in college. Okay. Wasn't necessarily a personal choice. It's just kind of the environment that I was dropped into. Right. And uh, Gretchen Parlato was oh. was the litmus test. And I Gretchen was uh, what I like to call my first musical spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> Her music just like reached way down in me and... Wow. Made me realize a lot of things about what I liked about music and why I still wanted to do music, even though I was lost in college and it like just beats any love for anything you ever had right out of you. And when I found Gretchen, it was like, oh, this is why I do this. I completely forgot. Um, So when I found other people who felt the same way and even now when I'm meeting musicians in my daily life and gigging and then... uh, I think Gretchen and that generation of musicians had that effect on a lot of us. When when you were listening to her for the first time and discovering her for the f- for the first time, where was she at in the grand scheme of things? Had she pretty much blown up at that point? Was she like a, a name on the scene or was she just kind of starting? Uh, she wasn't just starting, but she also wasn't huge yet. Right. Um, she did a duet with Esperanza okay. Spalding on one of her albums, on one of Esperanza's albums. And at that point, I think, well, Esperanza also hadn't won the Grammy yet. Most people didn't know who she was. Um, But Gretchen, like definitely when I heard that song, I hadn't really heard of Gretchen yet. And was Gretchen, was the duet on that record that won like Artist of the Year? Was it that year or was that earlier? I think so. It was either on that one or the one, oh no, no, Chamber Music Society, is that the one that? I don't know. I I don't know those records at all. That's what I'm asking you. Wow. I'm sorry. It's been a long time, and I've been away from that music for a long time. But anyway, yeah, it was all kind of within two years of that. Oh, okay. That so a pretty condensed period of time yeah. of like everyone yeah. kind of getting on the scene mm-hmm. and becoming huge. Did you realize she was on my first record? I had no idea that that was her Okay. until way later, because I listened to your record before I knew Gretchen and then I didn't listen to that record again until way later and then I instantly was like oh my god that's Gretchen right 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 um yeah she has one of those tones you know you can tell when it's her yeah totally um wow okay so for you as Gretchen I really didn't think that that was going to be the person you were going to I I, I don't know I'm not going to say now because this is great it's out there and that's the thing (laughs) and that's why we ask these these questions and I'm 
this is good. Like the more we do this together, the more I'm actually going to learn things about you and pay attention to them. This is <laughs> wow. so good. So no, more so than I already do. Right. You know, yeah. in addition to, um, well, for me and Gabriel, it, we were talking uh, yesterday about right, how for us it was Pat in a big way. And Pat Metheny, electric guitar player. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> okay. That one, if people don't know that by now, they need to get their ears fixed. Well, not all people are on a first name basis with Pat Metheny like you believe you are. So. Wow. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Um, and we were to actually talking about, and I'm interested, you know, your perception of like people as they cycle through their career Hmm. you know we were talking about how for us we have a certain connection to a certain period of the way pat plays Mm -hmm. or even like from the beginning until a certain point yeah where we felt it took a completely different direction you know and then whereas before we would have gone out and bought any record Hmm. been first in line didn't have to hear a snippet a preview actually when record stores were a thing and you couldn't hear it beforehand we would have gone out and bought anything without questioning it and now not just because you can hear stuff and make a decision and before you buy or not but now it's like there's a definite change for us and it's not as nostalgic yeah you know we're, we're talking about is that our fault the artist's fault no one's fault is it just the thing is that common you know do you feel that with people you listen to there are certain periods of their playing that you're like oh i really am attached to this but yeah not so much this period yeah absolutely i can't think of an artist who i have loved consistently throughout their entire musical choices. Mm. I can't remember if we were talking about this on the podcast or if I was talking about this with someone else, but the idea that it's very challenging for an artist that has a really successful album to come out oh, with yeah. something next that is... Oh, we were talking about this, right? Th- with yeah, John Legend. We, we were, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that is very tricky. Basically, we're just saying that their next album needs to slightly push themselves but not devolve so far from where Just they were before alienate the audience right but if they put out more of exactly the same thing it can also alienate the, the right. audience so um yeah i'd i'd say i can't name an artist that i've loved from front to back of their career right to to me putting out records that's like something that's always on my mind mm-hmm. i used to be of the opinion of like hundred percent i want to do everything completely different the next time around like every single album yeah you know and when i look back at 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 a few of them they were kind of different but it's definitely there's a common thread of like okay i do this particular thing and it's melodic and it's this and it's that you know what i mean really tough balance to strike i mean you of all people have a very distinct sound that i feel like has been it's definitely evolved but well, we were in in the spirit of uh, like that golden era of Pat. Um, uh-huh. Gabriel sent me this little MP3. Let's see if we can uh, see if this is going to work here. I'll give you, it's just a, an intro to a show. Also, we were talking about the fact that people actually cared about a show. It wasn't just like you showed up and there were four men or women on stage and they played some music and they introduced the band. And they went, everyone went home. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, I see a. I don't know. I don't. I was about to say I see a lot of shows. I don't see that many shows these days. Not at all. But the shows I do see are pretty. Like there's n- zero thought goes into it for the most part in terms of the presentation. If we're mm. talking in a jazz sense, you know, there's no like theme to it or kind of no goal of shape. 
you know? From the performer's perspective, not from the audience? I think, well, I'm talking about myself as an audience member listening to the show. Okay, As right. an audience member thinking the like, The performers well, are not giving you any sense of shape or... No. Like there, there's hmm. no like three act thing, like a play or there's no like... Uh, I would argue otherwise. I think it's okay, just the on. shows you're going to because... <laughs> okay, I need better I taste. I mean, as I was just mentioning, Esperanza literally just did that. Her whole devolution of Emily thing. Uh-huh was uh exactly that it was acting and plays in acts Mm -hmm. combined with her newest album okay and there was role play and all sorts of very interesting artistic choices would you consider that is the norm or that's actually quite unique no it's unique but i think other people who are in more of the jazz something else crossover world are Uh still absolutely doing that Okay. Emily King's shows are a lot more, if you don't know who that is. I do, actually. Because I just told you yesterday. Yeah, but come uh, on. <laughs> um, yeah, artists like that that are a little more, less just in the, in the you know, straight ahead or modern jazz world. We should have a sound effect. Thudum, thudum. That's me being thrown under the bus by Chelsea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Repeatedly. He only doesn't throw me under the bus because he's nice. I, I'm so, trying. Well, this is back in the day, and I'm. Is this gonna work? Yeah, I think this is. If I crank it a little bit, you guys will hear it. Just the first kind of two minutes of getting on stage. That was almost smile. Beg your pardon? That was almost smile. <laughs> really? so much care being taken in terms of the you know the sonic landscape and the quality of the production you know what i mean obviously we're talking about someone who's like that's a massive touring setup that's not common with a your typical horn-led quartet or something mm-hmm. or singer trio but yeah maybe i just need to pay more attention to what's going on no i think but it's a different world i think that uh musically driven shape was a lot more 80s inspired maybe that was 90s but go on right and pat metheny is permanently in the 80s so might have happened in the 90s but that's pat being thrown under the bus (laughs) sorry pat (laughs) his hair protected him Um, (laughs) but yeah the the showmanship was an an 80s thing the screaming guitar thing that was all that's very like Jimi hendrix eric clapton right 60s you talking okay about i'm saying there's a long heritage of musicians treating mm-hmm. shows like giant rock concerts and that mm-hmm. kind of thing doesn't really happen anymore right. now it's cardi b wow i see now we, I, I really want to go to like a cardi b concert and i mean i want to go to a cardi b concert in the sense of i want to sit in a private skybox and not have to deal with the crowd <laughs> 
<laughs> but just listen to the music and see the show and see you know how they put it on and what their intro is and their segues and how they engage the audience well a great example of all of that is beyonce right people right. say that she's not the best singer in the world she's the best performer in the world okay because of exactly that her shows are designed to just be insanely entertaining i've heard a lot of people say that about taylor swift also but i've never been to a beyonce or a taylor swift concert but so. beyonce can really sing though she can absolutely i don't think taylor swift is a particularly good singer right but like, beyonce I've, doesn't use her skills anymore either. oh she doesn't no yannick okay. lives under a rock everybody wow he doesn't even know what lemonade is the drink or the album wow so. <laughs> I think we're going to go to questions before you throw me <laughs> under the bus anymore. Listen, ladies you and gentlemen. You want some lemonade with coffee. my shade? Wow. Yeah. Chelsea is like a pro shade thrower right now. <laughs> and I can take 17 minutes and what are we, five seconds of this before we move on to questions. I'm going to hit play. There's a bit of a lag on this play thing. But since I'm not editing, I don't really care. First question, <laughs> <laughs> for real. like Loving. Yeah. This is from uh, from. Danny Wears. Let's see if we can fly this in here. Hey, Danny from England here. Hope you're good. Um, so I'm halfway through transcribing your solo on Culture from uh, Light Up the 55 Bar album. And like around 7 minutes and 12 seconds, you go into some mad uh, like demi-semi-quaver runs. And I just can't transcribe them. So what would you say, you know, for when you're kind of like stuck on a transcription, what what would you recommend doing? Because I really want to transcribe it, but at the same time, I literally just can't because it's too fast. Cheers. Wait, before you get into it, yeah. did he say where he was from? He said he was from England. I don't think he actually said it. No, But what part of England is he from? Oh. Because he literally just can't. Which is like what someone from where I'm from would say. Oh, really? But he said it in a very specific English accent, which okay. I... So you appreciate love. that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Very well, amusing. Danny, you have a fan Thanks, here. Yep. Danny, where from England? Wherever you he are from England. He literally just can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've made one girl very happy. Um, so to get to your... Like, I can't recall off the top of my head what seven minutes into that solo sounds like, so... Take a quick listen. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's a little quick, but okay, bright eyes, what do you what do you want to say? <laughs> this is where the Yannick Speedy Gonzalez days. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You had your eyes wide open like you wanted to say something. No, just that you you were quick. Yeah, it was a little quick. That was a long time ago. It was 11 years ago or something. Um, well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether it's that particular solo or whether it's, you know, uh, John Coltrane on Sunship or something intense. Um, if you're having trouble uh, transcribing it, it probably means your ear isn't trained well enough to, 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 to be able to hear the... the the material at that tempo so as much as that might be something you really want to transcribe number one i would suggest staying far away from it um <laughs> it's bad for your health um 
it is it's a it's actually not that complicated you can i try and listen to the bigger picture and hear the overall shape rather than the individual notes first if i'm working on a large passage uh, a fast passage rather um and i definitely hear where it's going whether it's descending whether it's ascending whether there are shapes that are triads or whether they're intervals or whether it's very linear so there are certain things like that that i try and pick out of a transcription if it's complicated first but at the end of the day it might just be that your ear is not you know that muscle is not um not strong enough to, to hear something like that so as much as you may want to transcribe that right away i highly recommend going and checking out something that's a little bit easier a little bit slower um perhaps but still do it in real time um you have anything to add transcription wise uh i'd love to go over what demi and semi quavers are for our <laughs> residents external to the united kingdom uh well semi quavers would be uh 16th notes okay we break it down uh, yeah, whole break notes it down. whole notes are uh wow am i gonna get this wrong no whole he notes went are, to english music college friends i spent a year this is a very short amount of time plus 18 at the <laughs> Plus what? 18 years in the United oh, Kingdom. Oh, in the United Kingdom, yeah. Learning but I, music. Well, yeah. I went to the Royal Academy of Music. They didn't teach us anything about semiquavers, actually. Okay. My guitar teacher taught me that. But basically, a whole note is a brief. Half note is a semi-brief. Uh, Christ, am I getting this right? It's been so long. And then a crotchet. Uh, eighth, uh, quarter note is a crotchet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a new one for Charles. A crotchet sounds like a little crotch. <laughs> wow. Like a mini oh, yeah, crotch. Crotchito, no? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, a quarter note is a crotchet. Um, I never understood the concept of it. Are you sure it's not a crotchet? And it does like high kicks wow. around Christmas time? Yeah, a Radio City musical. Very good. Yeah. Um, I never understood the concept of a quarter note because what if you're in three? You're going to call it a third note? <laughs> <laughs> or even five, you're going to call it a fifth note? I mean, this is the dumbest. Anyway, so a chord note is a crotchet. Uh, eighth note is a um, quaver. A uh, 16th note is a semi-quaver. And a 32nd note is a... Demi-quaver? Dem, uh, demi. That's what he said. I think it's a demi-semi-quaver. Holy crap. Oh, you, yeah. No, that sounds right. Yeah, it's a demi-semi-quaver. Demi, half a semi. Demi-semi. See? Just... Here we go. There's even a band that's called Demi Semi Quaver. Jesus. Yeah, 32nd note. There you go. Demi Semi Quaver. And it has those are the ones with three tails on the stem. So there you go. That's that explained. Danny, I hope that answers your question. Sorry, I didn't have anything more uh, more concrete for you there, but definitely. No, I actually do want to extend this. Oh, tell me, tell me, yeah. You always say, hello, cat in my lap. You always say that. I never say hello, cat in my lap. <laughs> go on, sorry. <sighs> I always say that what? You always say that, okay, your ear just isn't there yet. So what is the next step? It's like in improv. It's taking a couple of steps back, right? Right, but to what? Okay. Um, I would say stylistically, like go and find something that is stylistically similar. You know, analyze the chord changes that are happening there. For instance, this is kind of a very simple harmonic rhythm. There are only three chords and it's really centered around one key. So right Mm -hmm. there, you could go check out something that was more of a vamp where someone, like I did there, I played kind of out over those changes mm-hmm. and created these shapes. So you might want to go check out something a little slower, a little um, less dense, you know, and uh, and work on that. That's something similar stylistically, I would say. Right, so give him one. 
let's see. Well, I mean, go go like a lot of the vamping kind of stuff I got from like Herbie Hancock Headhunters, you know, stuff that was like mm. funky, you know, maybe that was Thrust or that was, um, you know, Chameleon or Watermelon, or some of those kind of just songs with simple harmonic rhythm that are not dense, where you don't have someone burning at, what are they, semi-demi quavers over it. Because at the end of the day, all I'm playing, if the tempo was slower, I'd be playing the same material or something similar a little bit slower. You know, so it's not like the, the material changes for the tempo. The, the vocabulary is still the same. If I have right. to explain something to you quickly, then I'm going to really just speed up the same words that I'd be using if I was really just taking it slowly. You know, they're all the same words. You just have Right, but imagine, so, along the same tangent, yeah. I think that the instrument makes a big difference too. Okay. So if you were transcribing Headhunters and had to listen to Herbie, Mm-hmm play semi demi demi semi quavers uh-huh. uh for me anyway my ear picks up notes from a piano a lot quicker than sure. bass or even saxophone for some reason tenor saxophone the notes do not stick in my head very well which oh, is really? not uh well i totally agree with chelsea like just number one i don't know whether this was your sentiment but get away from the bass for instance is always yeah. my advice i think it's a terrible instrument to transcribe for melodic material there are so there's so much better material out there by great melodicists and soloists and improvisers that you don't need to mess with the bass at all and the more you transcribe bass guitar solos the more you're going to sound like a bass guitar player yeah which will that's very true. lead but to this you guy's sounding got generic. a he's got a goal for he's, sure he's i'm not saying i'm not trying to dash his dreams danny i'm not dashing his dreams trust me <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm saying stay the fuck away from my solo. No. I, wow. <laughs> but yes, I 100% agree with you that uh, for me as well, the easier to pick out notes on it from a piano. Like, as, as listen to that as well. It's horrible in terms of the, oh, come on, I don't mind ripping on my own record. The clarity of the notes there, this is a live recording. Right. This is a seven piece band but recorded just in with general. two microphones. Listen. I don't know if I'd be able to pick it out and I played it. So those are just triads. You know what's funny, but, Danny? Well, I'm gonna give you the biggest secret right now. I could transcribe every single note he played just there because it's the licks that he always plays just really fast. So you want the real <laughs> secret is to go listen to. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be giving it. away your wait secrets right now. <laughs> Actually, there were two buses coming. <laughs> go on, but go I'm, and transcribe. I am quite serious. Uh, anything from the. <laughs> Oh, they're not up yet, are they? Are we what? allowed to say about the solo albums yet? Yeah, of course. The live Last Minute World Tour album? The Last Minute World Tour is up and on my Bandcamp page, which you can stream. And I have recently released it so that it's going to be up on Spotify as well. Right. But there's So the- uh, all three of those looks that he played very quickly there can, I assure you, <laughs> be found on that album in semi-quavers and not demi-semi-quavers. So, Yeah. Maybe that's another good point in general. Listen to the artists' licks yeah, that they even, repeat. Yeah, and I'm 100%. sure the ones that they can play fast are the ones they play all the time. What a great, great point. See, this is this is why I love you. Okay. This, this is, doesn't need to turn into mushy love time. This is why we get mad. Every Don't t- forget it, okay? I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But seriously, that's an amazing idea. Just go listen to the same artist, play different stuff. Because they, 
they 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 spreading the same message basically. Um, <laughs> the same disease. Said, oh wow. <laughs> Not yours. <laughs> you have a nice disease. Wow. I'm sorry. Can we stop? I mean, <laughs> amazing. Next question. Next Good one, question. Danny. That's a great question. Yeah, Danny. Wow. Go dig that hole, babe. Yeah. Um, this next one's from Simon, and. Uh, See what Simon Hi, Yannick is. and Chelsea. This is Simon uh, from near London in the UK. Um, in the last podcast, I think it was 19, um, whether it's tongue-in-cheek or not, I don't know, but you mentioned uh, video games, and I just wondered what um, is both of your favourite music from video games, if you have any. Um, love the podcast, keep up the good work, and maybe see you at NAMM. Cheers. Wow, okay. <coughs> I hope for the sake of your mental health, Simon, we don't see you at NAM. You will have dodged a bullet by missing it. But um That's not very nice. Ah, it's just NAM is NAM is crazy. Um okay, so Chelsea is the gamer. Thanks for outing me. but we are, you know we play some games together. Mm-hmm. Um well, what's yours? I mean, I thought it was going to be what's your favorite video game, but what's your favorite music? Yeah, video game music is a big deal these days. Yes. Uh, I will say that I am not as up on the video game scores as I should be. What are you doing? He's playing with his Switch <laughs> while we're podcasting now, so thanks for that. Come on. What are you doing? I don't know. I was trying to get some video game music to play off the Switch, but it's not going to happen. So Because you definitely couldn't have found that on the internet. Okay, that's that's done now. You've killed it. You've okay. thrown the joke under the bus. So uh, I'm going to out myself yeah, oh on international podcasting now. Yeah, go on. Um, well, the first one is just stupid, but the music from Lego Batman <laughs> is good. absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it really is. It's like perfectly suspenseful and... It plays off because the Lego Batman, the Lego superhero series in general, is very serious and yet Legos. Yeah, how you know how they do a good work? job of making it funny, but right. not really. You're still like Batman. That's a serious job. Um, so the mu- <laughs> <laughs> the music perfectly reflects that. Uh, here's where I'm really gonna out myself. Oh, I played. Far too many years of World of Warcraft. Oh. And the music for that is lovely. Okay. As well. Okay, so I get nostalgic when I hear this. Um, see, I found something on the internet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the only video game that he has ever played and the only one he ever references because it's the only one he ever played. Wow. Just, we need a new bus over here. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got a few flats. Um, yeah, that that was a big thing. Like, I you know I didn't grow up playing video games. I didn't have that culture at all as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I did have an old Atari with the paddle that had the pong on it, like the original console, the Atari console. Um, yes, I'm dating myself. And we did have an Amstrad CPC four six four at home, which had a green screen, and we played Harrier Attack on it, which is like a left to right. I don't even know what that is. Oh my god! I wonder if that is in here. See, I could reference could another we video please game. Not. This oh, is supposed God. to be about good video game music. Come on. Aren't the Final Fantasy scores good? Oh, also the new Mario Kart. 
big okay. band scores, oh. which are on YouTube being the ones that they recorded in, Japan. in the session are burning. <laughs> yeah. um, so this was my childhood um, in terms of the super ghetto early. Wow. Is it even going to play? Yeah, that was the level of. That's uh, the worst sound I've ever heard. Yeah, well, it was a. It was the game was on a cassette tape. Let's put it into perspective, okay? <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Yeah. <laughs> and if I still had that console, I could probably sell it for a fortune to some somebody in Silver Lake. I don't know. <laughs> so sorry for our disappointing answer to that question, but I would love to be enlightened. But yeah, but the, actually, I I like your the, the Mario one, the Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's like real musicians. I really have a lot of time for that. Right, but the real thing that's happening in scoring for video games right now is that, like, that's where all the classical composers are going. Right. So. So it really is, like, a big source of work. One of the last sources of work. And largest. And largest. And most profitable by far. Wow. Okay. We got one more from Lawrence Haber. Yeah, I'm going to say Haber. I think it's Haber. Let's see. Um Hey, Yannick and Chelsea. My name is Lawrence. I'm from New Jersey. Congratulations to both of you. I've been a fan of Yannick going back to the original podcast, uh, I guess like 2008-ish or so. Uh, My question is, Yannick, you're so prolific. You're always creating things and delivering them to the world, whether it was the daily vlog, um, your albums, then the Last Minute World Tour, the podcast, etc. But you've had some projects that I know you've not released or even outright said you weren't going to. I think there was something with Tim Miller and Dennis Chambers, if I recall correctly, an album with Henrik Linder, a duo, and then a duo with Jonathan Davis. Um, and some or all that, I know you mentioned you might not release. So I'm just curious as to what makes you decide not to put something out into the world. Is it a matter of taste or perhaps uh, it doesn't suit sort of the artistic vision that you have uh, in this day and age with all of the content out there? It's so curious to someone like you who so productive and creative and almost everything you do is is cool and interesting why you might choose not to put something out there have a wonderful day and uh, again uh, thanks for everything you do Lawrence it's a great question it's a really tough one to answer hmm. I, you know because some of it is quite sad like as as you were listing a couple of things there you know I was actually getting sad about it <laughs> um but it's also, I think, for me, it has a lot to do with with a few things. It's like, what is what is shouting the loudest? What is making the most attention gets my attention on, on a daily basis, I think. So um, as prolific as I am, as you mentioned, with all the stuff that I do, uh, that stuff takes a lot of time, generally. Like the daily vlog was a lot of time. This podcasting thing is a little more streamlined. I don't edit or anything, so it's um, one and done. Um, in terms of making the decision, first of all, the, the album with Jonathan Davis is out. It's called Bass Duo. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just be great clear. job promoting that, babe. Yeah, yeah, good work. Apparently, nobody heard about that. Chelsea did an amazing job with the with the cover, and I had uh, such a fun time recording it and being in the studio. And it literally took forty minutes, and we did it in you know, one or I think one song had two takes and we did it live to tape. So that was, I like things like that. Like this podcast is basically live to tape. There's no editing. I like that vibe. I like being in the moment. So 
I'm basically avoiding answering the question at this point, but the thing with Dennis and Tim, for instance, sometimes it's just not the day and you, you wait for that day, like your whole life and you plan it and you finally get to a point where you know how to write music and you put, I'm talking about my process here and I know how to write music and I know these amazing musicians and I have this opportunity to go and make this album and I plan it all down to a T and get everyone in the right place and spend a lot of money and do all that. And then it just isn't the day, you know? And maybe I don't play well, Dennis doesn't play well, Tim doesn't have a good day, and it's not something that's repairable either, you know, especially with that project. It just didn't work. And that's one I'm really sad about because it was such a dream, you know, like to... to because Tim is one of my favorite musicians ever and as is Dennis and I've been listening to Dennis since I was 15 years old and I've been fortunate enough to tour with him a bunch as well and just have amazing musical moments and know what is possible and then for those for the three of us to be in the same place at the same time and maybe the music wasn't right the studio somebody didn't sleep I don't know but sometimes you have to be okay with letting it go and not you know and not putting something out there that you're not 100% behind. I don't know. You want to weigh in on this? Yeah. You've been here through a lot of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it from, you have a totally different perspective. I don't know. Um, I think it's less you specific. Am I allowed to be a little esoteric in this? 100%. Yeah, of so, uh, slight anecdote. I, two years ago, went to, did like a solo trip of Europe and I went to Rome and toured the Vatican. I did like a 6.30 a.m. first person in the Vatican private tour. And my tour guide happened to be this woman who had been voted the best tour guide of the Vatican four years in a row. She was a very young girl who was like from the Midwest and just decided to move to Rome and got super into history of that city, which Mm -hmm. is obviously there's plenty of it. Plenty of it, yeah. But the best part about that was because she was so close to the Vatican, she had a very unique perspective on Michelangelo and all of these incredible artists that had donated their art to the Vatican for so many years, hundreds of years, and to the the Catholic faith in general. And she said something on that tour that, I swear this comes back to be related. (laughs) Um, She said something on that tour that has stuck with me forever. It was one of those moments where she said it and even in the moment I felt something in my neurology change, Mm -hmm. my my neurotransmitters. Yes. (laughs) They, uh, my neuropathways, they instantly kind of took a different route and they've kind of stayed that way. Um, But she said that the reason artists back in the day like that who got commissioned by royal families like Handel and people like that uh, were so popular and successful was actually because of the quantity of their work, not the quality, which is almost the exact opposite of what we're generally taught these days. Right. Um, But I think our current internet culture is teaching us how true that is. Um, But basically, like Michelangelo put out so much art Mm -hmm. that the likely well first of all he was putting in his 10,000 times a million hours so he obviously was becoming a genius but at that point that he was a 
certified genius at what he did, he continued to put out so much art that some of it was going to be like withstand the centuries masterful. Uh-huh. Um, so, so coming like back. Putting out so much that something would stick. Right. Long term. Exactly. And coming back to you, I feel like that is something you do kind of. compared to other musicians out there i mean the cover of the magazine right behind me says what the hardest working bassist in the music industry or something Something um so yeah just the fact that bass player magazine decided to title your feature that kind of says that to me yeah you do so many projects that yes of course some of them aren't going to work out right and it doesn't mean that you're a lesser person because of them but it's exactly what you said the ones that deserve your attention are getting your attention sure and and it's i think it's a good point you're making there as well that they that that the there aren't just one or two outlets it's not just i make albums or just i make movies or tv shows or something there's so much going on like over the entire spectrum frescoes marble sculptures you know yeah well that that's we just converted our garage to a no um what Oh, you didn't see the marble studio in the back? No, um, no. It's just there. There, it's it's on so many levels. It's not. It's not like just what you guys end up seeing or hearing at the end of the day. There, are, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that goes into that. Um, and being okay with like throwing stuff away as well. That took a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I made before Mystery to Me came out. I made four records. You know, I have four complete albums sitting on tapes and ADATs and stuff from back then. It's in a, in a, in a box in the garage that never saw the light of day because I, I was like, this this is not going to be my first record, hmm. you know. So I, I've been doing that. F- I started trying, I guess, when I was like 21 or so and didn't make it happen until I was 25. So, yeah, I guess those are some of the things that go into the decision-making process. Um and also if things, you know, like Mystery to Me, for instance, rehearsed Wednesday, recorded Thursday, literally the entire album in one take in front of a live studio audience, mixed Friday, took Saturday off and mastered on Sunday and the record came out on Tuesday. That is how I work the best. If I can put it together and get it out and not overthink it and, and worry about it and second guess myself and be all neurotic, that is how things get finished. And when they drag on a little too long, man yeah it's true anytime you haven't put out something it's because you have had the files and then you refuse to open them for like two months and then by the time you open them you don't like them anymore and then that's the end of it yeah no matter how much i encourage him man he has this rule that he doesn't want to record the same song on two albums which i can see i mean that kind of annoys me when artists do that too much too but all of the brand new material he wrote for you you wrote i'm talking at you (laughs) all the brand new material talking to them that yannick wrote for this tim miller dennis chambers thing it was kind of a resurgence of the the original yannick that i like his playing that i fell in love with years ago and it that stuff needs to see the light of day eventually i still have faith that it will I, I, even even I think there are a couple of good tunes out of, out of that. So if I think that, then two out of ten tunes will probably see the light of day at some yeah. point. And coffee drinkers, I'm making a pledge to you now. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna outlive him 
most likely. <laughs> and oh, when dear. he dies, just just rest assured, I will be releasing everything he ever made. Wow. And he'll be turning in his grave just so pissed. Wow. But I will be happy. That's an awful thing to say. What an awful... <laughs> it's not awful. It's a pledge. Wow. I pledge to you, coffee okay. drinkers. Okay. Well, on that bombshell, you heard <laughs> that here first. <laughs> give us uh, give us 50 years. We'll see how it goes. Oh, jeez. Um, and check back in. Well, hopefully, we'll still be making podcasts together <laughs> and uh, and creating stuff. Um, again, yannickwasdala.com forward slash podcast. Click the appropriate button. Leave a voice message. Leave a question for me or for Chelsea. We love the questions. The questions. I wanted to start the... You heard. I wanted to start the podcast with the questions. Can you guys hear? Yeah. Dude, if yeah. you guys turn up your volume really loud right now. We promise not to shout. It's raining in Southern California and I could not be happier. Okay. Everyone listening in England is going like, what the <laughs> fuck is she talking about? <laughs> It's, it's funny too because it's December I was December and it's been pissing with rain for well, a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just in Europe too for a long time, as you all know, and I was so bitchy about it being so cold and rainy, and I was just mm -hmm. so mad that every city we rolled into, I couldn't go exploring because it was just so cold and awful. And then I come back to California and I'm instantly like, oh my god, it's raining. It's also just more pleasant in the rain here because it's not 35 degrees or like two degrees for all of you weird people out there yeah. and rub raining it, rub it in why don't you <laughs> it's like a nice anyone now listening in the north of sweden where it's dark 21 hours I'm a day sorry, <laughs> i know we're huge in siberia um you can come visit us in here. the northern territories in the uh, paradise yeah you can't come and visit us. You're more than welcome to come <laughs> visit Southern California. It's huge. There's plenty of space for you. It is beautiful most of the year. Um, I will make a, a, a couple more podcasts coming up because I want to play you some more stuff with the new four-string bass. If you are coming to Nam, like I told Danny Wears, he probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> no, do come. Yeah, come and hang out. I will be there, I think, at least three, if not four of the days, which is I haven't done that in probably 10 years um, because we will be presenting the new five-string single cut and the new four-string uh, custom signature bass, my bass with Matt, my, both my basses with Mattison basses. The latest episode of the vlog is up and running. That is all about the four-string. So if you want to take a look at it, listen to it, um, leave some comments there, please do. And and again, I cannot recommend enough that you go to yannickwasdala.com forward slash podcast leave us a leave us a question we love to answer them it really brightens up our day a little bit we, we have a, yeah we have a little smile and we're like oh we got messages i love hearing your guys' voices yeah. it's one thing to see all your comments on instagram or whatever right. but this is slightly more human this it's is, so much more human it's yeah. awesome so go do it go do it we will feature you in the podcast uh but until next time coffee drinkers we'll see you see you <laughs>